Um, so yeah, living in uncertainty, it starts with you. And living outside of your comfort zone is the only place where you can actually get from where you are to where you want to be. Because you're where you are right now because of who you are. Therefore, something has to give. Something in you has to grow. Something has to shift. Something has to change. So the sheet that you have in front of you, I want you to imagine this kind of dartboard as if that is your own mindset. That is, you can start in the middle, you can start on the outside, whatever and however you want to look at that and see yourself in that, you just, you can start wherever you want. But what I want you to look at is the layers. And the layers are those pieces of us that we have to break down in order to catapult ourselves into the next phase. Okay, so that's like going from A to B, developing, growing, shifting, changing. And I started something a year ago that changed my life. I remember in December, I decided to write down a bold 10-year plan, which as much as people like to talk about, you know, only do two to five years, that's fine, but I kind of have an idea. It's kind of big, so I figured I'd write it out. And coming into January, I was sitting there going, you know, there's something that has to change. Something that I'm doing is not working. I had a full-time job. Um, I was also building my wellness company on the back end. And I was trying to take as much time to do that as I could. There's only so much you can do with the time that you have, right? So... In the month of December, I decided that I was going to do something different. And what I did is I chose two words that I could live vicariously through that would support me in growing and developing. And those two words that came to mind was uncertainty and spontaneity. I love both of them, but I didn't have enough of them in the last year or the last 10 years. So what I did is I went, okay, well, it's the fastest and easiest way for me to remember, remember in any situation where I need to be bold, I need to be courageous, to actually get myself outside of my comfort zone without having you know, a pile of lists to read in the morning before I go about my day. If I can remember just two words every single day, I have a more, like more of a likelihood that I can actually step into that versus not. So uncertainty and spontaneity became my thing. And it changed everything about my life. It revolutionized everything. I ended up taking five trips that year to different countries. Um, I ended up meeting people that I had never met. I ended up meeting and developing a friendship with my mentor that I now have who has changed my life completely in all, in all fronts. And it's just amazing what can happen when you step into the unknown fully and wholeheartedly and let go of the things that don't work for you anymore. So there's three ingredients um, that I've kind of taken out of some of the experiences that I've had in my own life that have helped me get to where I am and will continue to support me with where I'm going to go. And those three things, and you can write them down, are the courage to be bold and resourceful. The courage to be bold and resourceful. Number two is having faith 
and letting go. Having faith and letting go. And the third is cultivating emotional resilience. Cultivating emotional resilience. Cultivating emotional resilience. And as I'm speaking here, if there's a word that kind of pops into your mind or if I'm going through some of the experiences that I've had or what I'm sharing with you, and you go, oh, you know, this word really is something that I'm, I want to live more out of. I want you to write it down. Because if you keep these things at top of mind and you carry them with you, you have more of a chance of living through them. And they'll change your life 100%. So talking about the ingredient of being courageous and living boldly and being resourceful. Um, I remember four years ago, and it's crazy because had I not chosen in one moment in time four years ago to make a decision to be bold and courageous, I would not be here today, period. Just very plain and simple. My life would not look what, like what it looks like. I would have not met the people that I've met. I wouldn't have had the friendships, nothing. Everything would look different. So embracing uncertainty has served me so well that not living in the unknown is actually more uncomfortable for me now. And that's a powerful thing when you can cultivate that. So this one time four years ago, I had this horrible vehicle, like embarrassing. Ever had, you know, just a shitty car? Raise your hand if you've ever had, like, and you're driving, and you're like, this is so humiliating. Like, yes, thank you, right? Literally every time I turned a corner, it sounded like a machine gun was going off. People were staring at me. It sounded like someone, you know, was firing, <laughs> ducking. You know, it was so embarrassing. And I thought, like, I need to get a different car. I was in school full time at UBC, Okanagan. I'm from Kelowna. I was working two jobs and I was teaching Academy for Development for um, U12 to U16 girls um, for soccer. So I was doing a lot of different things, which can be very ineffective as well. And long story short, I didn't have enough money at the time to get myself a new car, but I was just like, this is so painful to have this vehicle and to not be moving forward, to feel like I'm staying in one spot. So. Long story short, I ended up bumping into a friend. They said, hey, like, you know, the private country club is hiring. That would be a really good job. I thought, oh, like, I can make a lot of money there. And that would also help me get the car that I kind of had my eye on because the price point and everything was great. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just figure it out. I'll go in there. So I pull up in my awful vehicle in between a white Bentley and a Mercedes Benz. And I pull in and I'm sitting there going, I don't have a car. I don't want people to see me like in this car. There's like the rolls, you got like the nice vehicles everywhere. So I, you know, get out and I'm dressed well and I go in. I got my resume with me. And like any interview, you say all the right things, you do all the right things. You know, I'm sitting there and yes, sir, and da 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 da. And uh then he goes, well, you know, so there's, you know, 
20 resumes, I gotta get through them, and, um, and, uh, he's, I, I got all these resumes here, so it's gonna take me some time to look through them and review them, and, you know, we'll give you a call in, in two weeks. And I'm literally, you know, I'm sitting next to him, just like this. And then I just, I just do one of these. And I just, I'm staring at the floor and everything in me, everything in my body is just going, I can't leave here. I need this job. This, there's just no other option but to have this job. So what are you going to do, Sean? You got, you got five seconds before you're out of that store. So don't you dare get up. And I'm sitting there going, what am I going to do? <laughs> I'm perfect for this job. So I go, and I just want to vomit at this point. And an inner voice was just like, <clears throat> pardon me, it was like, be bold. And <clears throat> I took a breath, and I looked up. And this, I've never done anything like this to this extent before. This was like pretty raw. And I look up and I go, no. Yeah. And I said, I said, no. I said, and I lean back and I go, I'm going to do you a favor. And with all due respect, no. I said, I know me best. I know my work ethic. I know how hard I work. And I am better than any one of those names in that stack of piles over there. And I'm not leaving here until I have this position. So if you have any other questions, let's get started on those. <laughs> and I didn't mean it, I didn't do it in an arrogant way. It was more with bold conviction. Like, this is just how it is. This is just how it's gonna be. This is what I want. And then I'm going in for the taking. You know, I learned that within soccer. You know, you don't, you don't half go into a, a tackle. You go in all the way. Otherwise, someone else is going to clean you out, right? So, he looks up at me, has this cheeky grin on his face, and he goes, you start Monday at 8. <laughs> and, so this is the key part. It wasn't just about getting that job so that I could have a new car. It's a private country club. The bee's knees of the who's who's is all there. So networking was the other piece that I was truly after that changed the trajectory of where I stand today. I'm only here because I met the people that I needed to meet to meet the people that I've met along the way to stand here today. So being bold has served me very well. And it does take courage and it does take strength that in those moments to do the things that you have to do to get what you want and to take it. The second thing that I had you write down was having faith. And one of the stories that I had around that that I wanted to share, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty new to entrepreneurship. I mean, I've always had it in my mind to run my own business. My dad, when I was eight, he was like, you don't want to be stuck underneath someone else's thumb. And that always stuck with me, like, no, I don't. And I'm so opinionated that it just doesn't work. Like, bosses and I just, you know, we clash brains. So, um, I remember 
sitting in Hawaii, I had gone because I was looking at partnering with another group to do basically a co-establishment with health and wellness, and I would be brought on as the health and wellness expert. And we went to Kauai to build out kind of this platform. Long story short, that didn't work out, but what did happen um, is I had a full-time job when I left, and when I came back, I didn't. And I remember the day I was sitting in Hawaii, I was at a Starbucks drinking a tea, and I remember I was messaging my boss, and I said, it's time for me to go. Like, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm giving you my two weeks. I'll work a week when I get back. That's it. And she goes, oh, but like, don't you just want to go part-time, take it nice and slow? No. Why? Me knowing me, probably not the best for myself. Sometimes it's good, and it's good to do that until you know you're really secure. But it only gets you so far. So, for instance, you know, if I give, you know, if I give you the rope, okay, if I, if I'm on the other end of this rope and I go around in a circle, there's only so far I can go, right? And just don't think of it as super elastic. But if I wanted to get where Kabir is, okay, I can't get all the way. Okay, so I can reach all I want for something that's, you know, maybe two feet away. But it's not, it's, it's outside, and you have to get outside of that. And so if I can try to pull this weight and get there, how much more energy do I have to expend? So much more. So it's way easier to just cut the rope. So I did. So I cut the rope, and soon after that, um, I started making trips down here and started building traction and um, got some clients between here and Vancouver and I've just been doing that ever since and now building out my new platform as well. And so it's incredible what can happen when you change your brain chemistry around what's possible for you. So if, I, if my circumference is layer one, on the chart and I need to get to layer two, it's what do I need to let go of that's my security net? Because it changes your brain chemistry. As soon as you no longer have that, that, um, that security, your whole dynamic of the way you think, the way you act, the way you talk, it changes. So there's something really magical about living in uncertainty and living in the unknown. There's something really powerful that you, you cannot get with the security of comfort. And that's one thing that you really have to understand is security and comfort, it, it keeps you safe, it keeps you warm. Uncomfort, not so much, but it forces you to step outside what your norm is. And therefore you grow, therefore you change. There's a piece in moving through these layers that is the most challenging, and that is being able to control your mind. And so cultivating emotional resilience while you're moving through these layers, getting outside of your comfort zone is so important because it's so easy for people to slip into depression when things aren't going right. Right? When you're not getting the clients that you want, when you're not doing all the things that you thought would work out, you know, as perfectly as they do. The hustle's real, like the grind is real. <laughs> you know, you you don't wake up looking like this every day. You got like 
you know, a fun bun up here and a sweater and you're crying and you're writing and you're writing and you're making phone calls and you're doing this and you're running around town and you're running in heels and you look like a mad woman and everyone's going, you're crazy. And you go, I know, but I gotta go, right? But the question when it comes to, you know, emotional resilience is, is how much pain can you take? And I mean, I, I think that I have slightly an unfair advantage because I played a lot of sports um, to a degree. But even then, it's a practice. You gotta, you gotta cultivate it. And you don't get to cultivate emotional resilience without getting outside of your security net. You don't get there. You only cultivate emotional resilience when you're making your parachute on the way down. Right? You jump off the cliff and you're going, shit, how much longer? Oh, we better go. We better move. Right? But the brain starts to kick in and goes, you can't do this. This is crazy. You don't have enough resources. You don't have enough money. You know, you need to go back to your day job. And so all these things start pulling at you. And it's a tug of war inside your mind, whether to live in uncertainty and unknown, or whether to come back home to security and comfort. But the question is, is how much pain can you take? And how much pain in your life are you actually currently taking? My, my aunt ran the most amazing race I've ever witnessed. She ran 14 and 6. Every inch. Every single inch. Moment to moment to moment. Um, four days ago, she ended that race. And uh, 14 and 6. How much pain can you take? How much pain are you willing to take for your dream? How much pain and sacrifice are you willing to do for the things that you want, for the person that you want to become, for the people beside you, the people that you love? 14 days without food. Six days without water. Not fighting for a dream. Not fighting for ambition. Not fighting to go for a run. Not fighting to get up and work just to breathe and to wake up the next day. Could you pull a 14 and six in your own life right now while there's still lung in your air, lung, air in your lungs <laughs> and a heart that's beating? It's so fragile. And when you look at your sheet, when you look down at your sheet and you really look at it and you ask yourself, how many layers am I actually going through? How much time am I actually spending on myself to move through this? How much pain am I actually taking? Like, life throws trash at you and it's going to. And it's, it's you know, whatever your bad is, it's going to at some point, point probably be worse. So you have to be able to get a hold of this. If you were on the last day of your life, could you look at that sheet and know that 
from this moment on, you did everything in your power to live as close to your potential as you possibly could? Did you move through every single layer? Did you be bold? Were you bold?